Get out of my dreams. And get into my car. Because nothing is going to stop us now. As we take us into... A whole new world. On the the Woke But Sleepy Podcast podcast bonus episode. episode. As we talk movie soundtracks. But wait, does that mean we'll be talking about Bruno? No, no, no. Because we're going to be stepping back in time, back when the term bitchin' was actually a good thing, and we ate fried corn syrup slathered in sugar, and we considered that breakfast. And the only questions that really mattered was, where's the beef? Who shot JR in Rhonda? Coke or Pepsi? Coke. We'll talk about that later. Okay. Because while we were talking about the drink of a new generation... We want to talk about 80s movie soundtracks. Now, I know you weren't really around for that, so I will lead us through this dance. Lead me through it. We shall dance together. We will be talking about... um, So, off the top of my head, are you familiar with 80s movie soundtracks in the slightest bit? Because I got movie trivia for you later. Oh, movie trivia. Okay, it depends. Depends on the movie. Now, if we reference back to the episode we just did... We have Labyrinth, and I'm very familiar with their soundtrack. Now, I will say this. Ron and I barely argue. I'm lying. We argue a lot, um, as all good partnerships do. So we've been debating on what is classified as a movie soundtrack. So, Rhonda, give our listeners your definition of a movie soundtrack. Okay, if we're going to get back into this. Uh, Again. When somebody says movie soundtrack, to me... That includes not only the music right. part of it, singing and whatnot, but also what you define as the scores as well. So the instrumentals, I feel like that all wraps up into a soundtrack because my, my yep. because my reasoning for that being that when okay not. Nowadays, now if you look it up on Spotify, it'll say it, but back in the days when you would go by the CD, it would say name of the movie soundtrack. Absolutely. And it would include the instrumentals and the other music. Right. So that's what I consider soundtrack. I don't think you're necessarily wrong. And this has been a serious debate for the last week. We've mm-hmm. gone back and forth on this. Um, a little bit of yelling, a little bit of screaming. Mm. Uh, but I don't think we're too far off course. Because no. keep in mind, as a child of the 80s, I go back to the Batman soundtrack. This was my argument over and over again. The Batman soundtrack had two separate soundtracks. Mm-hmm. They had the album, the Batman album by Prince, with all songs by Prince mm-hmm. that he made specifically for the Batman soundtrack. Mm-hmm. And then we had the Batman score. Yeah. Uh, Danny Elfman, I'm 90% sure about that. Mm-hmm comprise the Batman score and that was its own separate thing so I don't think necessarily you're wrong but I, I think for this one I, I think we should show appreciation for, for both because I do feel like oh, there's some great course. scores out I, there they make up the entire movie so they make you and and I hate when a lot of filmmakers we work with a lot of filmmakers and we've t- and uh, I've gone back and forth on discussion a lot of filmmakers say I hate when the music tells you how to feel Sometimes I... That's the point. The music is there to guide you into that feeling. In horror movies, it makes you feel that suspense that's about to come. In love movies, you feel the swoon, and you're like, oh, this is going to be a great scene. Sad movies, it does the same thing. It brings that mood down. It helps the story and the person know where their emotions are about to go. I mean, when I go, da da 
Da-da. It builds up. It's Da-da. suspenseful. Da-da. What do you know? What theme is that? Right, it's Jaws. Jaws. Of course. It's a classic. Two notes that just keep building. I, I mean, the score is important, you know, and I and I feel that the score is just as much a part of the film and part of the soundtrack as anything else. Yes. Um, growing up in the eighties um, as a child, I was I, I I really feel like that's where. While movies have always had scores, I feel like that's where like the pop music was really coming into it. Just keep in mind the baby boomers were really taking over Hollywood by this yeah. point, and and they were bringing with them songs from their childhood. So when you think about it, we had uh, a lot of biography pieces come out in the eighties. Uh, we had Great Balls of Fire. Oh yeah, we had the Buddy Holly story. We had La Bamba. Fun fact about La Bamba: I performed La Bamba live. I From, bet that was a treat. It was a treat. Okay. I, had Kev, I had Kevin Harrison on drums. Don't know whatever happened to you, Kevin. Love you. This is third grade, and I performed La Bamba live for my whole class to see. Now, I'm not saying that I could have got signed to Columbia Records at that time, but I do feel like they were eyeballing me. Like I feel yeah, like I, I'll talk to your mom about that one. <laughs> please do. She was very proud of me, too. I'm sure she was. Um, but I really feel like that's where... The pop soundtrack, what you know, like, I know, out of the two of us, I'm in the chick flicks, and Rhonda was the one who got me in Zoo, the Fast and the Furious movies. Mm-hmm. That has the very modern pop soundtrack. Yeah. Like, I, and I feel like it's fun. And I feel like what a, what a soundtrack can do for a song. When you think about the Vanessa Carlton, the Vanessa Carlton song. Making my way downtown, walking fast, faces passing upon bound. What movie do you think of? Oh, what's that movie called? White, White Chicks. White Chicks? White yeah. Chicks and Terry Crews. Yes. And you, and, Iconic scene. And I will tell you, ladies and gentlemen, as she was singing that, she was doing a Terry Crews head bob. It was adorable. That's all I can do now when I hear that song. And and, and that's what a soundtrack can do for a movie. They can yeah. take a popular song and just make it escalate. And I feel while we're going to be talking a lot about 80s movies, because I feel like that was a very prolific time Yes. for the pop soundtrack into uh, the zeitgeist of film. Um, a lot of people criticize animation and their use of modern pop. To me, I think about it like 20 years from now, 40 years from now, mm-hmm. when these movies are classics, when Shrek is a classic film. Oh, Shrek has some great music. What's some of your favorite songs of Shrek? You grew up with more of that type. Uh, I think the most popular one was like Accidentally in Love. That's a good one. That was a really good one. Um, they also did... Hey with, now, you're an all-star. Did you yeah, they did all-star. Yeah. Um, there was one where like the, the fairy godmother is singing. Was that in the first one with the... Uh, hold on, was, in the first track was that I Need a Hero covered in I that one? I Need a Hero. hero. Yeah, yeah, she did sing that. Yes, 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 she did. Absolutely, and that was a great one as well, which was an '80s song too, and yeah, and that was taken from an '80s movie soundtrack. Yes, I feel like these animated movies capture whatever year they came out. And while a lot of people may say, "Well, that's going to date the film," absolutely, it's going to date the film. Of course, that's what it's there. That's for. a wonderful thing. I totally support that. 
not everything needs to be like a cinematic classic. I think sometimes just something needs to be a staple of the time. Yeah. And what a better staple than like that one song you hated on the radio that 20 years from now you're going to kind of get excited about when it comes back exactly. on. Exactly. And your kids are going to go, ugh. Yes. And they're yeah. going to hate it, you know. Um, like, so being a child of the 80s, my daughter thinks I'm a lot older than what I am. She's like, I bet you'd like Perry Como. I'm like, shut up. So <laughs> I don't like Perry Como. Um, but I think my first big 80s movie soundtrack, uh, as I've told many people many times, the first movie that changed my life was Ghostbusters. Oh, yeah. Like Ray Parker Jr., Ghostbusters. Who are you going to call? Exactly. Everyone knows that theme song. But that's something that I don't see a lot in modern movies. Have you noticed that they don't really... uh, I think the last one, going back to Fast and the Furious, the last one that I heard where they had like that title track... Let me reiterate my point. We had Ghostbusters. When I think of Footloose, what's the song for Footloose? Footloose. You gotta cut loose... Foot loose, yes. Kick off your Sunday yeah. <laughs> This is a very exciting podcast. Rhonda was tired and now she's wide awake. It's I like love she... music. And um, so we had a lot of those like title tracks that were, and then of course, how you finished our last episode, The Never Ending Story. Yeah. I mean, it, uh, Weird Science by Ongo Bongo. Weird Science. I mean, just all these great songs. Um, were coming to life, these title tracks, I'm the last modern one that I can think of was Too Fast, Too Furious. Uh, yes. I think that's the last one I really heard. Can you think of anything modern that might have had like a soundtrack like that, that had like that title track? Oh, no, honestly, I can't. I I, I don't think it's a thing I don't anymore. think it's, I don't think it's seen a lot. I mean, I get, yeah, Fast and Furious had theirs, the too fast, too furious right. ones, but it's not. It doesn't seem to be a thing. No, it's kind of faded out. Kind of like the TV shows losing their theme song, just showing like the little title card and that little riff, and then it goes to the show. I miss theme songs in general. I used to really like that '70s show opening. I don't know if you ever watched that. I, I I'm late to the game. I, I I did finish that '90s show and I enjoyed that. Yeah, I enjoyed that a whole lot. Like the '70s show had their own little opening and like you, you knew everyone knew the song when it came on and it was a whole opening scene. Like I think the opening scene itself was like two minutes. Yeah, right. it was it like. I loved things like that. It really got you in. It like it puts you in the mindset. Exactly. It puts you in the mindset. And you don't see that a lot. But talking about, like, you know, musical scores, one of my favorite musical scores, uh, I, again, I'm pretty sure it was Danny Elfman, was uh, Beetlejuice. Oh. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, what I got a kick out of when I was preparing for this 80s soundtrack podcast, I was really deep diving in some movies that had title tracks that I was unaware of that I had heard a million times while watching these movies and loving them. Lethal Weapon had its own title track called Lethal Weapon, performed by a group called Honeymoon Suite. Hmm. Yeah, interesting. Not as good. Now, this one I do remember. Nightmare on Elm Street 3, Dream Warriors, had this real pop metal song called Dream Warriors, performed by Dawkins, and it was fantastic. It they had some really good like scores. I think one of our favorite songs that we you and I do share when we road trip it is this theme song from Mannequin. 
we can build this oh dream together. Oh my gosh, yes. Uh, I, well, I think we sing that every road trip. Every road trip, we, we put it on, we just blare it mm-hmm. really loud. And we we'll sit, do that tomorrow. We will, for sure, as we head up to uh, Fort Worth yeah. for our big meeting uh, for an upcoming pilot that we're working on. But we're definitely going to sing that tomorrow for sure. 100%. I'm a little hoarse, but fighting a cold, so. But I will belt it out for sure. Um, just with your little bit of 80s knowledge that you have, what it, can you name a prolific 80s movie soundtrack? I can't name the, the entire soundtrack, but I can name like a prolific 80s movie. That had great songs. Like That's what I'm asking songs. for. Yeah. One that... Don't come at me on this one. I'm gonna come I at you. personally haven't seen all the way through. Oh my god, that might come at you. Dirty Dancing. That main song I've had the time of my life. We also sing that in the car. Yeah, we do sing that one. But I have not seen that movie. Yep. But I've heard the soundtrack is phenomenal. We have performed that song several times and I do like the whole Patrick Swayze pickup for Ron. He does it every time. Every time. I nail it. Like we have never messed it up. I think another great soundtrack. Yeah, that one had a lot of what was really cool about the uh Dirty Dancing soundtrack was it um it was pretty revolutionary for the time because it while well, incorporated a lot of I guess would be classic, considered oldies, because it was set in that time period. It also included a lot of eighties pop such as I had the time of my life. And then I'm going to include that on your movie trivia here in a little bit. Oh, no. So bear that in mind. What about Top Gun? That's ironic. It's really funny you said that because I, I had that pulled up on my notes right now. All I'm saying in the 1980s, Kenny Loggins was getting paid. Uh, I think Kenny. Yeah, Kenny Loggins had Danger Zone and Playing with the Boys and Mighty Wings. He had three songs on the Top Gun soundtrack. I've never seen Top Gun. But I know their soundtrack. I could hear that soundtrack and know that it was Top Gun. Okay, you know the premise of this podcast is that I have to assign you movies that I feel like you need to watch. <laughs> so you're just racking up your to-do list I know. as I've you're going. I've seen the new one. Does that count? Top Gun Maverick was remarkable. I really enjoyed it. How would you like it? I actually I liked Maverick. It, it, it was good. <laughs> it was good. I No, I have. Okay, I take that back. I have seen the original. It's been a while, um, only because when I, at an old job I used to work at on lunch, some of the coworkers would put on movies because we get like an hour lunch. Right. And I remember more than once they put on Top Gun. Wow. It was weird for me going into Top Gun Maverick because I will tell you, I was, I was so young. The movie came out in 1986. So that puts me at nine years old when that movie came out. Um, and I was really into G.I. Joe heavily. I talked about it a little bit on the mm-hmm. Brendan Fraser podcast. Yes. Um, so this was a movie about fighter jets. And this is the time where all these fighter jet movies come out, like Iron Eagle. Oh, yeah. Freaking awesome. Uh, they made like three of those. Top Gun comes out. And I'm like, yes, Tom Cruise, Top Gun. This is going to be an amazing movie. I found it to be such a love story. So my sister was really not Top Gun. Okay. She was heavy into, she's four years older than me, and it's a chick flick. I Like, I'm sorry, you can argue with me all day long. Top Gun is more of a chick flick than, in, I, I can't even, than Sleep in Seattle. Too. It's so much of a love story. Yeah. 
And I'm nine years old. I don't want to see kissy kissy. I want to see. You want to see planes. You want to see the action. Yes, I want to see stuff blowing up. You know, like I was a typical '80s American kid. It's really what you think when you first see Top Gun. You're like, oh, this is gonna be an awesome like action movie. Right. Yeah. And then Maverick made fixed all that. While there was a little bit of a love story, didn't oversaturate it. It wasn't much. I know a lot of a lot of my friends that's that have seen it saw it. For the main character and the swoony eyes that they made at him. Who? Tom Cruise? I, I, I was unaware he was still a thing. Yeah, apparently he is. And these are people like older than you? Yeah. Oh, uh, okay. I apparently can only get friends that are older than me. Uh, well, you, you watch your mouth. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, with that being said, though, like, I, it's really funny that you said that because I was actually just watching a video. Uh, the group Aha uh-huh, was performing an unplugged show and they were performing Take On Me. me. They're, <laughs> she's going to be doing that a whole lot, people. I apologize. Um, I might even sing at the end of this one. I love the way she sings. She hates the way she sings, but she's in full performance mode tonight, so I appreciate it. But uh, I was watching this unplugged session for Aha, uh-huh, and they were singing a uh, acoustic version of uh, Take On Me. Interesting. And in the audience was like a bunch of 50-year-old women who grew up on them. And, you know, here they are, like, in their 50s, 60s. And the audience are just all, like, all these older women are just all tearied up. And I thought it was, like, the cutest thing ever. I'm like, all right, Grandma, you still go get yours. I appreciate that. So, you know, rock on Now, I do want to go back to one movie that I can actually give input on. What's that? We're going to take it back to our last episode. Oh, we're going to. Labyrinth, yes. Labyrinth had a great soundtrack. Most all of the songs on the Labyrinth soundtrack, David Bowie wrote and performed himself. So it was like precursor to Prince for Batman 89. Yeah, pretty much. That's pretty cool. And they were all wonderful and amazing songs. So do you have a favorite one out of that whole soundtrack? What's your... Uh, with the ballroom scene as the world falls down. Didn't you have that at your wedding? No, I didn't get to. That sucks. You totally needed that. I, I totally did. You deserve it. But it's it's like, it's the ultimate whimsical song. But uh, Magic Dance was like a, a close second. Really? Mm-hmm. Or Dance Magic. It, no, I'm, I'm familiar with, with Dance Magic. I think I'm familiar with that ballroom scene. You've shown me that ballroom scene multiple times. It's a <laughs> yeah. great scene. It really is wonderful. That dress is gorgeous. Ugh, like, that's what I like... Uh, mirrored my wedding dress too. I know, I know. We're wedding dress shopping with you. Oh yeah. So that's pretty cool. Um, there was also a lot of dancing in eighties movies, though. Speaking of labyrinth, that had a lot of dance numbers. Labyrinth as well. had dancing in it. Flash dance. Flash dance. Footloose. Yes. Grease was Grease in the eighties. Um, yes. Uh, you know. We got some Googling going on here. We do. No, that was 1978. So close. So close, right there. I think it was close enough to count. (laughs) Wow. Okay, yeah, we'll just start like... Segwaying into the 80s. Segwaying into the 80s. Started into a lot of dancing. You know, there's nothing wrong with segwaying into the 80s and the late 70s because I like to, like, as I was researching this, this whole thing, I was like, I thought that Pretty Woman came out in the... Like, I thought it came out earlier than what it did. And Pretty Woman was, like, 1990. 
Really? Oh, yeah. So, segueing off a little bit isn't too bad. Did you know, uh, back in the day, we used to do, like, uh, radio requests and dedications. Yeah. My very first radio dedication that I got from a girl came from a movie soundtrack. Which one? It was 1991. I won't give away her last name because she's on my Facebook. Uh, Her name was Julie. And she dedicated to me everything I do, I do it for you. I love that song. By Brian Adams. Oh my gosh, that's a, she wins the game. She was amazing. That's such a good song. She was my fair romance. Mm. We met at the fair. Julie hit him up. J- Julie. <laughs> no, her husband would be very mad. Oh, Julie. Um, Don't hit me. that request. <laughs> but no, it was pretty awesome. Like, like it was just like, I still remember that to this day. And I remember I recorded it and I had it on cassette for the longest time. So I guess movies have always been like a really big deal to me. And the fact that the very first song ever dedicated to me was off a movie soundtrack. I was just destined for this stuff. Mm-hmm. I think the... Uh, now, I'll take you to a soundtrack that you're not going to be expecting me to. I will take you to an animated film. Okay. That had some of the most killer pop of all time. And I know a lot of listeners were talking 80s. They're going to go, heavy metal. Hell yeah, that had a great soundtrack. Are you going to do like a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? No, the, uh, the cartoon didn't hit until 89, so I barely classify that as 80s. Transformers? Transformers the movie, and I'm not talking about... Not talking about the new the age Michael Transformers. Bay. Yeah. That's amazing that you figured that out. Yeah, 1986, it had, you got the touch... You got the power. It was great. That sounds so familiar to me. And My it, brain's it, not making the connection, but... It's a real popular song. Yeah. It, it played on the radio. Uh, it still comes on the radio. We listen to the right station, I'm sure. Um, and then Dare by Stan Bush. I'm not going to try singing it because I have no voice, but it's a remarkable song. And uh, Transformers is one of those movies that also traumatized kids. Now, I will tell you, while I did not do spoilers on the never-ending story, I'm going to give you a total spoiler on the original Transformers movie. Keep in mind, this is 1986. This is one of the most popular cartoons in all of America. Mm -hmm. And now they're getting a movie on the big screen. Imagine a bunch of, like, seven-year-olds going to see this movie begging their parents. It's not like it is now. We actually have to beg our parents to take out these movies because animated movies didn't come out the way they do now. Yeah. So when Transformers the movie came out, there we are. And now we've already seen and we just heard Dare, this really hype, fun pop song. And the kid on, this takes place in the future from where the cartoon left off at. Uh, the little boy, Spike, who's played... Uh, He's virtually a the guy that uh, what's the guy from that's in the Transformers movies? Like New Age? Yeah, Shia like LaBeouf. LaBeouf. Shia LaBeouf. Yeah. The character that he plays in that, if you look at the credits, he uh, in the first movie for sure, his name is Spike. If you look in the middle part of it, really? Yes. So I'm like, okay, I guess it's supposed to be him. But so virtually, the Shia LaBeouf character, mm-hmm. we're gonna say for the more younger audience listening. The Shia LaBeouf character is now a grown man. It's in the future. It's like 2005 or something like that. Um, He's now grown. And uh, he has a son named Daniel. And Daniel's hanging out with this 
uh, this cool Autobot named Hot Rod. Guess what he turns into? A hot rod. It was the 80s. Shut up. Okay. Um, so anyway, the Autobots are returning from his mission, and they look up, and they realize there's a hole in the side of the spaceship. And they're like, and Hot Rod goes, oh my God, they're under attack. Decepticons. So the song hits, this 80s pop song, and the, you know, there is, there, da 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 And they're awesome animation. And then the coolest line ever, Optimus Prime, who, who you know from the movies, yeah. versus Megatron. Mm-hmm. Little kid us, we are, this is the beginning of the movie. We are tuned in. And Optimus Prime, voiced by Peter Cullen, who still voices him to this day, says in the coolest way, Megatron, this ends now. Cool. One shall stand and one shall fall. And they begin to fight. And they're going back and forth. And it's brilliant. Just heavy fists shooting each other, just going at it, right? You know, he said he was sick last week, but I think it was really building his voice up to do this <laughs> incredible remake. I, I was down for the Peter Cullen impression. <laughs> so, there they were. And then Hot Rod shows up distracts Optimus Prime just for a second for Megatron to murder him in front of all these children watching this movie. Oh, gosh. And as he lays there, they kill Optimus Prime in front of, like, this audience of children. We are sobbing because he doesn't come back. And then at the end, like, and we're waiting to the end of the movie for him to come back. And it never happens. That was our first, that was some of our first exposure to death. And we were not okay with it. But overall, we enjoyed the soundtrack. <laughs> so I really oh, good went soundtrack, good soundtrack. Great soundtrack though. Um, but I do want to go back to a point that I was bringing up earlier. The baby boomers are really coming in the film. Um there was this great movie that I watched with my mother called The Big Chill. It's about a bunch of of course, they weren't called boomers then. But it's basically a bunch of boomers in their 30s getting together for a uh, funeral after a friend dies. And it's filled with like all this great 60s music. Mm-hmm. Like, Ain't Too Proud to Bang on the Temptations. It's just a wonderful soundtrack. Um, but score-wise, even score-wise or soundtrack-wise, do you have anything particular that you enjoyed? The only ones that come to mind are not 80s. Because I already kind of went over... Labyrinth. Of course. Now, you slightly touched on Beetlejuice, but I thoroughly enjoyed the Beetlejuice soundtrack. It's a great score, yeah. That was a fantastic soundtrack. I loved it. Um, What was that one song? Uh, Shake, 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 senora. Shake your body, line. You love that song. Deal. 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 I love how like no one knew that song and then it became like one of the biggest songs of all time. Well, Beetlejuice was recently made into a musical. I actually saw that. I think I think you had sent me some clips of that, and it looks remarkable. It looks of course all new original songs. Really? Yeah. They don't do Deo. Kind of. I think some stuff should stay. I mean, that's just my opinion. I think they do the Deo. I haven't seen it all the way through, um, but it's very brief. Do you know the name of the Deo song? I don't. 
It is Taylor called the ba- it's called the Banana Boat Song. The Banana Boat Song by legendary actor and singer Harry Belafonte. Oh, so that was pretty cool. Oh, because I guess it go. It's like come, Mister Taliman, Talimi Banana. Yep. Okay. The Banana Boat. I, I love how that just like I watched her <laughs> face change. Like it was like a like a thirty year trip down memory lane. All of a sudden, it just hit her. Like, Banana. Oh. That's why they're saying it was yeah. either it was either Hello Bonnie, Harry Belafonte, or the Minions that wrote that song. Probably the Minions. The Minions. Banana. <laughs> I was Minion obsessed when that movie first came out. Speaking of great soundtracks, <laughs> though, oh my god. So, but um, growing up, I used to love the Karate Kid. That soundtrack was remarkable. I have seen the Karate Kid. I figured you did. Older one and the new aged ones as they've gone. But like Cobra Kai. Have you started watching that yet? No. Our audience is going to murder you. You know how many requests we get. I don't know if I'll start Cobra Kai. Why not? I don't know. I don't think it's for me. Why not? I don't know. I just haven't (laughs) given it a chance. I had a lot of friends that watched it. It's just not something that's on my radar. But I did enjoy, like, the original Karate Kid. And even the one with um, Jaden Smith. That one was okay, too. Uh, that is blasphemy. Hey. Absolutely blasphemy. It's good. Uh, yeah, I was not into the Smith family taking a trip and <laughs> making a movie while they were there, which, you know, is kind of... Hip- we would do the same thing. It's totally hypocritical because we do the, we would do the same thing. And then when Adam Sandler makes a movie, I'm the biggest advocate going, so what if he wants to ride off a trip to make Grown Ups 5? I'm okay with that. Exactly. I'm a total hypocrite. But there were just so many, like, 80s movies were just really where it was at. So I guess with that, I want to move into... All right. And I think it's time to move on to music trivia. God, the face that she made oh, right now. Oh, no, come on. You know I'm going to suck at this. The same way I said your Twilight trivia you hit me with. <laughs> I guess it's fair. I guess it's fair. I mean, you got into like specifics about what car was he driving. Fair enough. <laughs> what airline did Bella take in? I'm like, my God, you really want a detail. Now with this, I'm not going to go into just 80s music. It's not very many questions. It's going to be really simple for you. They're going to come for me in the comments. Oh, they are going to attack you. So. Okay. Other than Shrek, the film of your generation, mm-hmm. name the song. That All Star by Smash Mouth was originally comprised for. It was not Shrek. It wasn't? It was not. Even the music video had the had the actors in the movie. You're all uh, you're really thinking. And the time it was like it was like spacey, like space. No, not space at all. Something. It's a movie that was ahead of its time. Okay. If it were to come out now, it would be huge. That's actually a, what's a really big type of genre right now. A film. There's none really. Not a lot of films coming out at the moment. Uh, but there is one type of film that's always coming out. Guaranteed. Sci- sci-fi. Was it something sci-fi? Think more comic booky. 
comic book. Yes, there was a 1990s... Like superhero? Yes, it was a superhero movie made. Was it? It was Mystery Men, starring Ben Stiller, Janine Graffalo, I've Hank never Azir. heard of Mystery Men, but I like Ben it Stiller. It was a box office bomb, but okay. the movie theater... Uh, but yeah. uh, but the movie soundtrack All Star the movie the music video featured the whole cast and everything. Okay, so chalk one down. Uh, it, it also appeared in two thousand one's Rat Race. I made sure to note that. <laughs> okay, zero points for me. Okay, cool. Then we're gonna move it up. You're a big Will Smith fan. Kind of. You like the film Men in Black. I do. The title track Men in Black. How's it go? That he sings. Oh my gosh, I haven't seen the Men in Black in forever. Here comes the Men in Black. Oh yeah. Yeah. Here comes the Men in Black. Okay, fantastic. (laughs) Yeah. That's fantastic. What song was sampled to make that song? Because that was not an original song. Oh, that I couldn't tell you. It was called Forget Me Not. I've never heard of that song. Patrick Swayze, a talented actor, dancer, overall performer, was also a remarkable singer. Can you name his title song featured on the soundtrack of Dirty Dancing? Can you? Do you know it? Oh, hell yeah, I do. Uh. Think about it. Think about it. For just a moment. Okay. I haven't seen much of the movie, but I do know some of the soundtracks. It's not. Did you know Jeez. he was a singer? She's not Googling it, people. I promise you. She's really in deep thought. There was one on there that was like, like the wind. <gasps> no way. Yes, that was him. She's like the wind by Patrick. She's like the wind. She's like the wind. I'm gonna give you that point. Okay. Good job. One. One. One out of what? Four. <laughs> okay. What is the main song utilized in the film "A Night at the Roxbury" that prompted a very stylish dance that included bobbing your head to only one side? I've never seen. That movie, but the only song that I can think of that like has that um, like head bob is like uh, what's that one song? Oh, oh, the song at the top of my head. Think about it. It's the uh, well, it is love. The, baby, baby, don't, don't hurt, hurt me. Don't, don't hurt, hurt me. No more. more. And it's like da da da. Okay, da, she's da, dancing now. Da, da, yeah. I do know that song. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, that wasn't bad at all. I'm actually quite proud of you. I really am. Like, you got more than I thought you would. Two? It, I got two. Two out of what, five? Okay, last question then. Coke or Pepsi? I'm still on Coke. Uh, okay, you went around the 80s. Michael J. Fox drank Pepsi. I'm not a Pepsi person. If they Like, if all they have is Pepsi, then yeah, sure. You're saying that you hate Michael J. Fox is what you're telling me. Mm. Oh, my goodness. If that's, like, the preface for it, then yeah, sure. Well, regardless of the fact, I'm still really proud of you. Okay, whatever. I mean, I don't want to get emotional or anything or sentimental. 
So I think it's. I could get sentimental. Could you now? I think it's been a sentimental, a sentimental night for me enough going through my childhood. So with, listen, you know, you had a song dedicated to you, but you know who did it? Who? Julie. Really? This one's for you, Julie. Thirty years later. <laughs> Oh my God, her husband's going to kill me. So anyway, I am really glad that we did this. Look into his eyes. Shut up. You're so dumb. You will see. <laughs> All right, everybody. I'm dying here, people. I'm dying. Search your soul. And the worst part is the whole podcast, I've sounded like Brian Search Adams. <laughs> Yeah, no more. Yeah. All right, you can cut off now, Rhonda. All right, knock it off. No, she's still going. Okay, this is gonna be a thing. So apparently, she's trying something new. All right, guys. As always, I'm woke and I'm sleepy. And this has been the Woke, woke but, but Sleepy, sleepy podcast. podcast. Good night, everybody.